to a new episode of the Roscoe's Wetsuit Neuro Podcast. I am your host, Toby Passman. On the show with us today, we have a very special guest, Abelard Lindsay. Abelard is uh, currently the Director of Research and Development at Natural Stacks. He used to be a software developer um, residing in the San Francisco Bay Area, and he also works at an internet-related company in San Francisco, working on his master's in computer science. Abelard has helped develop the product Siltep along with uh, dopamine brain food, serotonin brain food, GABA brain food, and acetylcholine brain food uh, in conjunction with natural stacks. So uh, Abelard, it's a real pleasure having you on the show today. Yeah, it's, it's great to be here. Um, that uh, bio is a, you know, a little bit out of date. I, I actually finished my master's in CS and uh, I recently finished a JD too. <laughs> Just took congratulations. Class. Yeah, so uh, still working in uh, software development, but uh, yeah. anyway, uh, and working on uh, supplements and developing um, and researching, uh, you know, new cognitive enhancement stacks, that kind of thing. Tell me what originally got you interested in in playing around with different formulations and different nootropics to enhance your cognitive performance. Well, I have um, always been interested in the brain and uh, improving my performance, you know, as a software developer and um, just in general, uh, optimizing mood. And, um, you know, I had, uh, when I was very young, I had brain cancer when I was 12 and I recovered from that. And, uh, you know, I was a little off for a couple of years after that um, and slowly regained it. And I've always sort of felt intuitively like before I had brain cancer everything was like a lot easier and I always was thinking like you know I I know I've felt that potential I I want to know how to get back there and uh, feel that way that I did when I was before that and um, yeah so I was I've been researching this stuff since the mid 2000s um, way back in the day on the longevity forums I mean they're not as uh, popular as they uh, used to be, but back then, uh, and, and still today, they uh, are a great place where people go to talk about brain health and, uh, you know, talk, argue about various topics, bring up medical studies, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of debate and production of information that's uh, very useful. And one of the things that uh, I got interested in while studying this stuff. I mean, when, when you take uh, smart drugs for a long time, it becomes easy to remember a lot of things and kind of build up a lot of information. And so on these forums, I would, uh, you know, just keep reading and reading and looking at all these different angles for improving cognitive performance. And one interesting angle was uh, PDE4 inhibition. Um, there had been a number of attempts at finding synthetic drugs that would inhibit PD4s, uh, phosphatidylesterase 4 to uh, uh, combat neurodegenerative conditions. They, I think in one article where they're talking about the potential, they called it brain Viagra. <laughs> and I uh, was looking at these synthetic drugs that they were developing and they all had the 
problem that they cause vomiting at low doses. Um, and there was also an article that said that uh, when combined with forskolin, they could chemically induce long-term potentiation, which is a process critical to long-term memory formation. And so I looked um, at the same time in uh, you know, East Asia and, and uh, India and so forth, they were taking apart Ayurvedic uh, medicine, Chinese traditional medicine, and trying to find the molecular biological um, mechanisms of action of these various uh, you know, Chinese traditional and uh, Ayurvedic medicines by looking at these herbs and doing studies with them. And one of the things I found out was there were natural PDE4 inhibitors and those natural PDE4 inhibitors uh, were weak, uh, not as strong as these synthetic ones, but they uh, did not cause vomiting. And, when, and I, what I figured out, the fundamental insight was when I combined these natural PD4 inhibitors with Forskull, and it, it had a uh, cognitive enhancing effect. And um, I was really surprised by this, and I was a little concerned at how could this work so well? Um, there must be some side effect or something. And so I uh, took it for a couple of months, and then everything was just going great. So I went on to uh, longevity and I said, hey guys, um, here's this idea I came up with. Um, what, you know, uh, here's how I think it works. Here's some medical studies. Uh, here's my theory. Uh, here's the ingredients. Uh, you know, tell me what you think. And so this uh, thread started up and it, uh, over the course of several years, it got to like 2000 replies and half a million views. And, and then, you know, Tim Ferriss endorsed the product uh, in like a Google tech talk and on a podcast and, then a lot of commercial interest started showing up and I hooked up with a supplement company, Natural Stacks, and we put out a product and uh, that was in 2013. And they, you know, I've developed several, um, the whole brain food line uh, after that, but uh, things have been doing great since then. I mean, we've, uh, you know, got a really strong, loyal following of people who take that product. Uh, and, uh, you know, we've had a lot, a number of, really wild things happen with uh, the development of the product. For instance, um, in 2014, uh, Martin Jacobson, who's a professional poker player, contacted us and said they really liked Siltep and he wanted to work with us uh, promoting it. And um, I mean, I wasn't directly involved in this. This is our uh, stellar marketing department in Natural Stacks. They uh, hooked, hooked him up with a documentary film crew and they followed him to Las Vegas to play in the 2014 World Series of Poker and they gave him a patch which he ironed onto his shirt right here. This is powered by Siltep. And um, he ended up winning $10 million at the World Series of Poker which is the largest prize in all of professional poker, I think. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, the, the two founders of Natural Stacks were there in the stands when he won. <laughs> kind of a, a wild moment um and you know since then uh we you know it's we keep growing our following uh things get better and better so can you tell me a little bit more about pde for inhibition and kind of what uh, how these ingredients like the artichoke extract you mentioned combined with the four and what is that actually doing in the brain and, and how is that really benefiting people okay well when uh, the way long-term potentiation happens is uh, cyclic adenosimonophosphate in uh, neurons increases to a level that it activates um, 
CREP, which is a, this transcription factor. And what a transcription factor is, is it goes into the nucleus of the neuron and it turns on all this machinery that strengthens the connections to the other neurons around it. And that's, that's how a long-term memory forms that can last a lifetime. And normally this um, process is triggered by dopamine um, combined with uh, you know, uh, signals coming in from a short-term memory. Uh, and short-term memory is a whole nother process where, you know, you have, um, which is the electrical connections between neurons uh, after they receive a certain pattern of signals called a tetanus, they uh, recruit AMPA receptors to the synaptic cleft and the connection gets more, gets stronger. But then that all cascades down to um, ERK. And then uh, if there's dopamine present, um, it increases CAMP levels and uh, cyclic adenosine monophosphate, which is, I'll just call CAMP for short, uh, levels in the cell, which activates CREB. And that makes the cell kind of generate this, uh, uh, activate this machinery to strengthen its connections. So what Siltep does is there's this enzyme that breaks down CAMP, which is called PDE4, uh, phosphodiesterase 4. Uh, and it's, um, and if, the, if CAMP is broken down, it stops the cellular machinery from uh, growing the, the, this connection to other neurons. But if CAMP is increased uh, to above a certain threshold, that activates that. So what, what this does is it slows the breakdown of CAMP. And it also increases CAMP through Forskolin's activity. Um, Forskolin is well known to increase CAMP broadly around the, uh, around the body and the brain. And so in that way, we uh, make it easier for the body to activate CREB and do this process whereby it creates long-term memory. And the way that I like to um, kind of explain that sort of on a normal uh, level, uh, level that is more familiar is uh, to talk about, you know, when you go on a vacation, you're, uh, you're, you're someplace new and you've never been there before and it's all very novel. And dopamine is uh, triggered a lot by novelty. It's kind of a novelty detector in the brain. So it, it activates this process and that encodes long-term memory. And that's why when you go, when one goes on vacation, it's usually easier to remember that week of one's life where one was on the trip to like France or wherever, in, uh, as opposed to the normal day-to-day -day grind, you know, what you have for breakfast yesterday, that kind of thing. It's not very, um, uh, it's not novel. So the dopamine is not active, activated. So it sort of, it makes it easier to go into the state of fascination and wonder where it becomes easier to learn, you know, like the great teachers, they always inspire wonder and awe and um, that kind of thing. So it's, it's sort of that state of mind. It's like an aroused state where, where memories encode. Um, so that, that's, that's how it uh, fundamentally works. And I personally, I mean, I, I played around with Siltep um, more than just played around with it. I mean, I took that, you know, for a couple of years, I would say, during my undergraduate and pretty consistently and definitely noticed just the memory formation, just, I would, you know, I had to spend way less time. I needed to spend way less time studying uh, a selection of material in order to then say, recall it, you know, on a test later that week, it, it significantly cut that, uh, cut that studying time down um, in my experience. So that was really cool. 
Tell me about, there's, there's a few other ingredients in Siltep, uh, acetyl L-carnitine, L-phenylalanine, and vitamin B6. Can you talk to me about why you added those to the formula? Yeah, well, one thing that uh, happens when um, Kreb is activated is uh, tyrosine hydroxylase tends to be upregulated, and that's the enzyme that takes tyrosine, uh, which phenylalanine converts to tyrosine. And that's, that's the intake for like dopamine metabolism. So it, it makes it so that the brain processes uh, these amino acid precursors from food to uh, produce dopamine at a faster rate. And so that's just to um, pick up for any uh, uh, increased usage of uh, dopamine precursors. Um, so phenylalanine is, turns into tyrosine, turns into L-dopa, turns into dopamine uh, through this metabolic process. Um, so it's, 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 it's fuel for the uh, increased neuronal activity. And B6 is a cofactor um, in dopamine metabolism, helping it move along between those metab uh, the stages of uh, processing. And then um, there was a study that said that the histone acetylation, deacetylation, which is how uh, you know, CREB turns things on and off in the neuron, turns different genes on and off to um, help the neuron connect to other neurons. Uh, that is powered by, um, uh, you know, that, that's, uh, there's some research that says that's powered by the acetyl groups of uh, acetyl carnitine. And, um, you know, that, so that's, that's kind of, uh, that, that's helping power that process. And, uh, also, uh, CL carnitine uh, is important in you know, memory and physical coordination, that kind of thing. Uh, just generating acetyl groups for acetylcholine to form. So you mentioned acetylcholine, and I think we touched on, on dopamine too. So what I'd li like to do now is kind of break down kind of the different, uh, some of the different neurotransmitters and kind of talk about, you know, first, I guess, what they are, why they're important. And then we can get into talking about the brain food line in terms of how you can actually increase those neurotransmitters. So maybe we could start with, uh, with serotonin. Can okay. you tell me a little about what, what serotonin is, why, why it's important? Uh, yeah, well, serotonin is uh, important. I mean, it's, it's produced a lot in the gut, you know, for digestion and so forth, but it's also uh, in the brain, it's associated with uh, mood, uh, positive mood. Um, and, uh, it's without it, uh, it tends to lead to anxiety, depression, um, disturbed mood. Uh, so the way that serotonin, uh, works is it comes in as L-tryptophan, which is in, uh, you know, meats, uh, so there's a lot in Turkey, but also in, you know, certain sources of vegetarian diets, like any complete protein, um, and then uh, it turns into 5-HTP, um, which you know is another popular su supplement, and then into serotonin and then into melatonin. But if there's high levels of cortisol present, um, there's some research that says that it can turn into kynurenic acid, which is this, um, and then eventually into niacin. But that's uh, some research I was reading. So that's how, to, uh, stress is linked to depression. Is that taking tryptophan that yeah. can get converted? Is that what you're referring to? Right. Instead of tryptophan getting converted into serotonin, it gets 
get, gets converted to kynorenic acid. And that's, um, and so that's the way that high cortisol levels, cortisol is linked to stress, can um, link stress and depression. So the idea I came up with in uh, serotonin brain food was to add rhodiola, which would, uh, which is known to, uh, which has some research that says it controls cortisol um, in order to keep that pathway from be being activated excessively to go to, um, uh, to, to not produce serotonin. Um, so that was, that was the idea I came up with the serotonin brain food. It's, you know, because I'm thinking about these things in systems instead of where are these individual ingredients doing? I'm thinking about, well, how do you make serotonin? And then how can that go wrong? And what are the cofactors? That kind of thing. Why use tryptophan compared to, to 5-HTP? What was the thinking there? Uh, the thinking was, is that, um, I read this study a long time ago that uh, was saying that the reason that there, there was this diet drug called Fenfen and it was removed from the market because it, uh, it activated serotonin receptors in the heart, which caused fibrotic growth. And they, um, and that, that caused like heart problems and stuff uh, because it was, it was like a diet drug and like the, the, I think the 5-HTC3 receptor, which is the, yeah, there, there's a bunch of different receptors for serotonin. It's, all, it's, it's present in the brain. It controls appetite, but it's also present in the heart. And, you know, I think it's better to just have the body control where tryptophan turns into 5-HTP just to make sure it doesn't do it in the bloodstream and kind of get to get um, then turn into serotonin in the wrong place. Uh, I just thought it was like, you know, I like to take these uh, supplements every day and I want to take them you know, every day without having to think about any of the, any possibility of any sort of side effects for the rest of my life. So I just thought that that was, that was a more sustainable way that I could, uh, I could design them so that I, I, there wouldn't be any risk. I mean, I don't even know if there's a, um, you know, there hasn't been any long-term studies to see if there's a significant risk, but people have talked about it over the years as a possible issue theoretically. Um, so I was just thinking, you know, I want to just do the most sustainable thing that's going to um, be best for uh, long-term daily usage of the product. Let's move on to talking about dopamine. Okay. So dopamine, people think it's the pleasure chemical, but the pleasure chemical are opioids. And you don't want to touch opioids. Don't don't do that. Don't don't stimulate your opioid receptors in any way that's not completely natural. Is my advice. Um, but dopamine is the compulsion chemical. It's what says, okay, we're doing something and let's keep doing it. Or, you know, let's do that. Or, um, okay, I have this idea. I think it would be fun to go to the beach today. Okay. Um, yeah, I believe it will be good to go to the beach. I'm planning to go to the beach. I'm at the beach. That's dopamine, right? And, you know, if there's, if people who have like excessive amounts of dopamine kind of get ideas and you know, kind of go from believing them to doing them uh, really quickly. So, <laughs> you know, so it's one of these things where it's uh, sort of like, I have an idea, I'm planning it, I'm doing it, um, and I'm continuing to do it. So uh, it's really important for motivation. You know, if the low, low levels of dopamine, there's no motivation to do anything too much, and you uh, get really excited about everything, you know, like uh, people, you know, 
it really in like stimulants like uh, they uh, spend a lot of time excessively doing things that aren't really worthwhile. So, but the, so the way I kind of approach this is I say, well, instead of um, directly stimulating all these dopamine pathways, let's see how the body naturally takes dope, uh, the precursors to dopamine, phenylalanine and tyrosine, and then turns them to all the intermediate products along the way and, and, and uh, creates dopamine and also breaks down dopamine. So, um, so the way that works is uh, in uh, dopamine brain food, uh, we start out with the dopamine precursors, right? Uh, you know, phenylalanine, which also uh, turns into, uh, which stimulates, uh, it either turns into tyrosine or it turns into a product that stimulates the TAR1 receptor, which is uh, what Adderall stimulates. Um, but, you know, it's on a natural level and uh, the body knows how to break it down and regulate it. Uh, so, I mean, that phenylalanine is uh, important for that, basically fueling that. And that, there's phenylalanine in eggs and uh, most, you know, meats and uh, cheeses and dairy products and that kind of thing. Um, so it's it's a it's a natural uh, amino acid that uh, you know we get in our diet. And then um, you know, vitamin B6 is uh, responsible for uh, uh, as a cofactor for helping the process of turning tyrosine into uh, dopamine. And, um, you know, in between tyrosine and dopamine, there's L-dopa. And, you know, some, uh, I was thinking, like, maybe I put meconiapruins in there, but I was, which is L-dopa, but then I was thinking, nah, it's, it's better to let the body decide how much L-dopa it needs by kind of turning up the L, you know, upregulating or downregulating tyrosine hydroxylase rather than just skipping that step. And that's an important thing that I try to be mindful of is I don't want to skip metabolic steps. I want the body to have uh, a way to, uh, you know, regulate these intermediate steps and to use some natural chemical, uh, natural ingredients that the body knows how to move around. Um, and get rid of excesses up and so forth, rather than anything sort of synthetic or that the um, body's not used to. So then uh, vitamin C is, uh, everybody loves vitamin C, <laughs> besides being an antioxidant and having a lot of um, brain health benefits, it uh, um, is, is, is used to transfer uh, in, in, in between dopamine and the later stages of uh, dopamine metabolism like epinephrine and norepinephrine. Um, and so then uh, there's a methylation complex and methylation is this uh, cycle in the body that is responsible for a lot of metabolic processes. And one of the processes is breaking down dopamine into um, the uh, later stages of dopamine metabolism. And eventually, you know, the uh, dopamine is broken down and excreted in the urine. And so it helps uh, same with adrenaline and noradrenaline. And so the way that works is, uh, you know, you have this SAM cycle where it goes from like SAMe to homocysteine to um, methionine, and it just goes around in a circle. And, and uh, vitamin B12, trimethylglycine, and folate all are, are important uh, cofactors in this process. It's, it's pretty complicated. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I wrote a couple of papers on it and how all the little pieces work. I mean, there's, you know, I've got this 
the Roche, uh, the drug company, puts out this metabolic cycles, and they've got like this huge map of like all these, you know, <laughs> how one thing turns into another and so forth. So that's uh, that's how dopamine brain food works, and it's, it's basically there to just make sure that you have all the cofactors and um, inputs to really uh, power the the whole processing of dopamine. Hi guys, it's Toby Passman, host of the Roscoe's Wetsuit Neuro Podcast. I hope you guys are enjoying the show today so far. If you're interested in learning to improve your cognition through the use of nutrition, supplementation, nootropics, exercise, and sleep, go ahead and check out roscoeswetsuitneuro.com and book a free 15-minute neuro health coaching consultation to see if NeuroHealth Coaching is for you. In NeuroHealth Coaching, we review your current cognitive status and work with you to improve your cognition through the use of the latest research-backed neuroscientific tips and tools. All right, now let's get back to the episode with Abelard Lindsay. So I've heard some people talk about when it comes to say like a, a substance like Adderall, where if you have ADHD and there are kind of this uh, deficits in dopamine and then someone takes Adderall, it can be very helpful for them to, to be able to focus and concentrate, get their work done. Whereas if someone say doesn't have ADHD already has kind of healthy levels of dopamine and then artificially uh, enhances them with, with a substance like that, you know, they can get, uh, you know, either kind of euphoric and high or just uh, kind of zombified and, and their personality taken away. And I just wanted to kind of ask you in terms of with dop uh, dopamine brain food, are there a wide variety of responses and reactions that people have to this product uh, kind of in regards to whether they may be low, uh, people with low dopamine or high dopamine, or is it pretty consistent across the board? Well, everybody's brain's a little different. Um, you know, for, uh, I'm a big fan of, uh, Eric Braverman's The Edge Effect, where, you know, he, uh, lays out, uh, how all the primary neurotransmitters in the brain work. And then you have, like, you take a test and it tells you what your, like, dominance is and, uh, you know, what, where you're lacking or where you need more, uh, of a certain neurotransmitter. And, um, so I think that, uh, every, you know, people should, uh, I mean, one of the things I did with the stacks is I made them so you could take one to three, so you could dial it up or dial it down based on personal preference um, and how one's brain uh, works. Um, so it's sort of like you know you can you can set the equalizer on your uh, on your neurotransmitters. Um, but I'd say yeah, everybody's brain works a little differently, and you know some people um, have. Uh, ADHD and they really need uh, um, they really need you know to be work with their doctor and I don't uh, to you know get these uh, prescription drugs and uh, you know I, there's nothing wrong with that um, but this is you know more of a natural general or uh, effect that's sort of working with the um, you know natural mechanisms of, of, of the brain and not really uh, introducing something synthetic that's sort of pushing the buttons to, uh, without, um, you know, and that hasn't 
really kind of grown up uh, alongside our evolutionary, uh, you know, uh, way that we've kind of developed over the years, uh, over the over the millennia, whatever that. Um, uh, you know, we've, for instance, I mean, one 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 place you really can go wrong is like with GABA receptors. Like, this isn't open, but uh, for, uh, one GABA receptor agonist that's in, uh, synthetic, that's not natural to the body that people use a lot is alcohol. And yeah, it works. It'll push the GABA receptor buttons, but um, those GABA receptors will downregulate and that'll cause symptoms of withdrawal. And then over the long term, that can, um, with chronic alcohol use, that can cause you know various types of brain damage, excitotoxicity, that kind of thing. So, but um, the regular GABA though, uh, it, which is the endogenous neurotransmitter that the body uses to stimulate GABA receptors, the the brain can rapidly efflux that out of the brain. It can just you know it's got too much, it can just um, pump it out of the brain. So. You know, there's when you're, it's, it's, in my opinion, it's better to deal with these things using like natural uh, vitamins and uh, amino acids from food. And that, that's just a, a better way to go long term. Now that we're already on the subject of GABA, um, can you talk a little more about kind of GABA's function in the brain? Uh, and then we can talk about kind of GABA brain food and, and how to actually enhance that in a way that's going to, to actually increase levels of, uh, of GABA in the brain, which I know there's a, kind of an issue with when it comes to just taking an over-the-counter over GABA supplement alone. Right. So the idea with GABA brain food is that, uh, well, uh, well, GABA generally is, uh, GABA is the inhibitory neurotransmitter. It acts to slow down impulses in the brain. And it... Um, the opposite of that is glutamate, which uh, increases uh, active um, increases stimulation in the brain, and so there's a, a a balance between them. And you know, excess glutamate is associated with anxiety and um, just uh, irritability and so forth. And GABA counteracts that. It uh, uh, subjectively, for me, it feels kind of like a mental shock absorber. Uh, it helps with social interaction. It helps with doing things that are normally frustrating. Um, and the uh, so and, and you know, uh, GABA, you have to be careful with it though, because uh, GABA receptors they don't like to be stimulated um, when uh, with uh, synthetic substances. They uh, they get a little. Uh, they tend to downregulate and you have. Know, problems with uh, you know all kinds of problems with like withdrawal and addiction and stuff like that um, for instance um, you know I, a lot of GABA receptor agonists are like drugs of abuse like um, uh, ben, you know uh, well or, or just drugs that have problems like benzos and uh, tranquilizers and alcohol and all that stuff so yeah you know so it's it's I always think like okay what's the what's the most natural beneficial way that you know we can interact with GABA and that's just to use the natural uh, endogenous GABA uh, agonist which is you know GABA so <laughs> but the problem with GABA is that um, it has it does not easily cross the blood-brain barrier uh, 
Um, so uh, in my research of uh, GABA and, and the body and so forth, um, I discovered that there were some studies that said that nitric oxide uh, helps GABA across the blood-brain barrier. So what I did was I um, added nitric oxide uh, in increasing uh, ingredients like citrulline. Uh, and uh, grapeseed extract to GABA. And uh, I, um, you know, and then I self-experimented with it and found out that, you know, it had a, a better calming effect than just regular GABA. Um, so that was, that was the theory behind GABA brain food. Um, yeah, so that was, uh, you know, so there basically, you know, <laughs> When I go in to develop a supplement stack, I won't just look at single ingredients. I'll I'll look at okay, you know, how is this how is GABA metabolized? Also, GABA transaminase uh, inhibitors. GABA transaminase breaks down GABA into glutamate, and so if you slow that process down, that increases the amount of GABA in the brain. Like you know, and, and that's natural supplements like lemon balm and uh, you know that contain rosmarinic acid. Um, so uh, there's a uh, so th those were the the, the the components that I put together in GABA brain food. Question as far as like just in terms of your your the way you go about creating these different formulations, like what's what's kind of your process as far as kind of playing around with both the different ingredients along with the dosages of those ingredients? Like are you are you trying these out yourself? Are you giving them to other people to also try out? Like what, what's your process in actually creating one of these? Well, you know, the process comes from what the one I developed when I made Siltap originally back in 2011. And that involves um, reading about these very, you know, these various aspects of, of brain chemistry and how they work and how these, uh, you know, thinking about from a systems perspective, um, how, you know, where does, uh, where, how are the, where do these neurotransmitters come from? Uh, you know, from food. Uh, what are the enzymes that process them, break them down? Where are the cofactors? What natural uh, herbal and uh, you know vitamins and so forth? How do they affect them? And then coming up with some ideas and doing a lot of research, finding a bunch of research studies, uh, and putting together a theory. And then I have to test the theory, which means. Uh, you know, I take these things every day for a couple of months, you know, I have my milligram scale and I have my bulk supplements. I measure all this stuff out and I do a lot of, um, when I'm testing cognitive enhancing I, supplements, I uh, use Cambridge Brain Sciences a lot, which is, uh, I mean, I, I, back in the olden days, you could just play the flash games and I, you know, but now you have to sign up and they want you to do all this stuff. But I uh, found ways to uh, get those, uh, tests independently and uh you know i've taken these tests hundreds of times so i have a pretty good uh baseline so you know I, <laughs> and then you know I, I i work with the braverman uh neurochemistry tests to um kind of gauge my mood and and how i'm feeling and uh you know that's uh that's the process that i use to make siltap and it's it's kind of like you know just being a biohacker and uh it's, uh, it's worked pretty well. Um, you know, it, it makes, and it also leads to coming up with 
um, more original ideas because you know if you look at the uh, brain supplement market, it's just the same twenty ingredients, you know, give or take a few, um, remixed uh, hundreds and hundreds of times. Um, because these all, all these people, they look at these single ingredient studies that only look at one one ingredient at a time, and they um, they just go, you know, they, they they're all looking at the same stuff and uh very little new comes out uh and so they all use the same ingredients and then so it's all like hundreds of copycat products and uh <laughs> yeah I, I like to come up with my own ideas and my own theories and and test them and not everything works um you know there's uh there's some weird supplements out there that uh try to have a whole supplement graveyard <laughs> and uh you know not everything was optimal and I've just uh, settled on the stuff that I can take for months and feel great and uh, not have any problems with. And we've been pretty successful with that strategy. Let's, uh, let's talk about the last of the uh, brain food supplements. And I guess first actually talking about what actually acetylcholine is and, and why it's important. Okay. Uh, acetylcholine is uh, very important for uh, memory. And it's also important for physical coordination. Uh, for instance, uh, you know, in all, all of your muscles, the, they're activated by uh, acetylcholine uh, being released and then being, uh, you know, uh, broken down by acetylcholine esterase. Acetylcholine esterase uh, breaks down, is, is a very fast acting uh, enzyme, breaks down like 25,000 acetylcholine uh, molecules a second. So it's, you know, just for moving around and, doing stuff, it's really, uh, really important, but it also is important for uh, transmission of, uh, you know, signals throughout the brain uh, that are involved in thinking and learning and memory. And, uh, you know, a lot of neurodegenerative diseases have uh, uh, symptoms of low uh, acetylcholine and, and they, um, that leads to decreased memory and so forth. And that's why like a lot of the drugs that, um, are prescribed for neurodegenerative diseases or uh, uh, slow the uh, interfere with the acetylcholine esterase and slow the uh, breakdown of the acetylcholine. Um, so uh, the way that um, the uh, uh, acetylcholine brain food works is, you know, you have uh, you have choline, which comes from alpha, uh, and there's a lot of different types of choline. There's like CDP choline and um, alpha GPC and then cholibutarate. And uh, alpha GPC is only one step removed from the bioactive neurotransmitter acetylcholine. So I just chose that one because it was the most um, direct. And then uh, the uh, vitamin B1, um, it's, uh, it's a, basically a cofactor in. Um, making uh, the uh, acetyl-CoA, which is where the acetyl part of the uh, uh, acetylcholine comes from, uh, it's combined with the uh, choline acetyl transferase to produce the acetylcholine neurotransmitter. And then uh, uh, pantothine is a, a highly potent form of vitamin B5, uh, which is the CoA part of, uh, you know, uh, used in the creating the acetyl-CoA um, that produces the acetylcholine. And then uh, Peony is, uh, that, that's another product of, you know, the analysis of Chinese traditional medicine uh, that's been going on um, over the last, you know, 20 or so years. 
And uh, that, uh, there was a study that said that increases the uh, activity of, of chat and also uh, um, has some effect on the breakdown of acetylcholinesterase. Um, but it's not a really strong one, uh, acetylcholinesterase inhibitor. Uh, you know, because I'm not really a big fan of uh, hopperzine, um, which is the acetylcholine esterase inhibitor in a lot of smart drugs just because it's a little too strong. I mean, also galantamine, that's, that's crazy strong. Um, but, uh, um, and then uh, acetyl carnitine also uh, you know, uh, creates uh, acetyl molecules to join in the acetylcholine uh, production. So I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, so what I did when I created this was I looked at, well, how, did, how does the brain actually make acetylcholine? You know, where does this all, what are all the metabolic steps that combine to uh, create it? And that's um, essentially, uh, you know, I analyzed that and all the ways that I could, um, I could help that along. And that's, that's where, and then I tested it for a couple of months on myself just uh, every day. And, um, you know, that's, that's how I came up with the BCL going breakthrough. What's your opinion on stacking stacks in, in the sense of, you know, you mentioned just recently about acetylcholine being really important for memory. So what happens, I mean, is it a good idea if someone takes the acetylcholine brain food with Siltep at the same time? Can you, are, are there certain, uh, can you stack Siltep with some of these brain food products? And if so, are there any good ones to combine or not so good ones? Uh, well, uh, just over the years, um, I mean, I, I take them all. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I usually check in with like a Braverman neurotransmitter test uh, that I was talking about. Um, and based on that, decide how many of each I'm going to take, like, you know, one, two, three, and uh, combine it with Soltep. But the thing is, is that, uh, like, for instance, dopamine and serotonin, they're, they're, they're different things. They don't overlap very much. Um, same with GABA. It's, uh, there's not a lot of uh, overlap in their function. I mean, if you, you know, if you, uh, people say that, um, Siltep though and dopamine brain food together are uh, really great. And um, then, uh, well, I mean, we, we, we saw like a brain food box, which has all four, and then you can kind of um, experiment with like what works for your brain. And I, I don't think there's a, I mean, there, there are some, I, I, I mean, there's some synergistic actions with like, you know, prescription medications, like people have bad reactions when they take Siltep and Modafinil together. Um, they, they just, it, it's not pleasant. I mean, nothing really bad happens, it's just not pleasant. Um, but, um, you know, I mean, I would, I, I would advise against taking like, you know, really strong stimulants uh, with, uh, with Siltep. I'd just be, be careful with that. Um, but, uh, yeah, just as far as like combining natural stacks products, um, I haven't I haven't seen any problems with it. Well, Abelard, we're coming up onto the end of the show. Any any kind of closing thoughts related to our discussion of any of the neurotransmitters or ways to to increase them? Actually, you know what? I had one quick question I did want to ask you before that, um, which is neurotransmitter testing. Um, you mentioned just uh, 
uh, sort of an online like testing, but as far as actually measuring neurotransmitters in, uh, in a human body, I'm aware of like certain uh, urine um, neurotransmitter metabolite tests, but there's been a lot of uh, debate as far as the accuracy of those. So what's your, what's your opinion on, on just kind of what's available for scientifically testing the levels of, of neurotransmitters at this stage of scientific research? Um, well, I think that the blood tests and so forth, um, they're, uh, you know, they're, they have their medical uses, uh, you know, but I think that, um, you know, everybody's a little different and, uh, I, I, I don't really have any, uh, you know, as far as the, uh, uh, breakdown byproducts, uh, I don't really have any strong feelings on those, uh, tests. I mean, I think they're, you know, more useful for like pathological situations where, where people are, uh, have, you know, diseases and that kind of thing where they've extremely, um, you know, poor metabolism of those kind of things. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really have any strong feelings on those. Sure. Well, Abelard, if uh, people want to find out more about your work or uh, some of the products that you've helped create, where would you direct them to? Um, well, naturalstacks.com and axonlabs.io. Uh, I also, um, yeah, those are, those are the two sites that have products I've developed. And uh, we also have a 15% off uh, coupon code at uh, naturalstacks, uh, which is Roscoe, R-O-S-C-O-E. Um, so for uh, your listeners. Um, awesome. And uh, I'm also on uh, Twitter. I don't tweet that much, but uh, when I you know, announce that I'm going to be at conventions or releasing new products, uh, I'm at Twitter at, at Siltep, C-I-L-T-E-P. Perfect. Well, for those listeners who enjoyed the show, go ahead and like and subscribe to our YouTube channel or Roscoe's Wetsuit Neuro. You can also uh, find audio versions of the podcast available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and just about anywhere else that audio podcasts are available. So go ahead and also subscribe there on your preferred uh, audio uh, podcast platform. You can also go ahead and follow us on Instagram at Roscoe's Wetsuit Neuro or Twitter, Wetsuit Podcast. Abelard, again, I wanted to really thank you for coming on the show today and sharing all of your expertise. Really enjoyed our talk. Thanks. It was, uh, thanks for having me.